Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. based on fiction okay so we are back with another episode of true stories based on fiction the book club edition so that's with me evan at their host uh it's, it's joined by garrett what's going on bro what's going on man not much just living this lockdown life that quarantine life <laughs> so uh for people out there in the audience who may be worried we are not in the same room we are conducting this this episode via skype uh, to make sure nobody gets sick. So, you're... Yeah, so if it sounds funny, my bad. <laughs> and and, it, and most of the time, because uh, people may know this, but uh, the In No Particular Order podcast just comes out the last week of every month. That was always recorded on Skype, as well as uh, the now irregular show, the PICs on LSD. Those two are always recorded over Skype. So hopefully this one won't sound too bad, but we have had some difficulties already. But we'll push through them shits and get that content out for you, the people. Um, before we get started, I want everyone to know there are YouTube pages up and running, so you can go ahead and check that out. Just go to YouTube, go to, and search for our true stories based on fiction, and we should come up and subscribe to our channel so you'll be notified when we get new videos up. So far, it's just been me and Randy, but hopefully we'll get geared on there pretty soon for some reason. And we've got two videos out so far. And Garrett, uh, you've seen both videos, right? Yeah, I've, I've watched both, yep. Uh, yeah, both are coming along pretty well, actually. I think uh, once we get the hang of everything, once this is all over, and hopefully we can get all together, <clears throat> get the three of us going on it, uh, we'll get things rolling pretty good. Yeah, uh, we uh, have an idea for a third video, and I'll give you the details about that one. Like, you can probably be uh, involved in that one. Um, probably, no, actually, probably the fourth video, just so it's not super long. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about, um, this is going to be the second edition of our book of book club for the Invincible Complete series. So I have to come up with a name for it and a title card that I'm working on. But it's very difficult to um, do character design in my art style. So, like, I've got you done already. I've got me done. But yep. I'm, I'm trying to incorporate Invincible in the logo, and I can't. I, I can't figure it out yet. But I've got to just draw a mustache on both of us. <laughs> that, that's actually a good idea. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Because that's what a mustache on both of us. And that that's a really good idea because uh, it's also very obscure, but <laughs> it works. I might actually do that. <laughs> I might actually do like a big ass Tom Phillip mustache. <laughs> Just and, in and have us beat the fuck up like blood gushing out of our eyes and shit. <laughs> that might actually work, man. That'd be alright, yeah. I like it. That is. Collaboration at its finest. 
Um, but yep. anyway, um, so this time we're gonna talk about in the Invincible, the Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume Two, which includes uh, Invincible numbers fourteen through twenty-four and the Zero issue from the Image Comics Image Comics Summer Special from Free Comic Book Day twenty oh four. That tells you when this book came out when I graduated high school. Well, when this when these issues originally came out. Well, the year that I graduated high school, like around that time. The old three oh four. Yeah, I think it's what it was. Um, and so we have a little bit of a recap, and then we'll get right into what we thought of it. Well, primarily what you thought of it because you're the one who's reading it for the first time. I probably read this shit <laughs> close to ten years ago. All right, so it says in the back matter here. What now after the cataclysmic events of the last volume, Mark is left to pick up the pieces of his life. Everything is different now. His family, his friends, his colleagues. The world is a very strange and unfamiliar place for our young superhero. He is faced with the insurmountable odds, countless supervillains, otherworldly threats, and, and graduating high school. Nobody told him being a superhero would be so easy, but no one told him it would be hard either. And let's see now. Do you remember? Because uh, uh, I, I mistakenly took these, took these two away from you and gave you the rest. But I should let you keep them. Yeah. So I know I was thinking that too. So just so everybody knows, I do not have the book in front of me. Obviously, we're doing this over Skype, so it's a little more difficult because I, obviously, with quarantine, I've been reading these books. Going through them pretty quick. So right now I'm on volume four. So and like that's fresh in my mind right now. Uh, and then, you know we're talking about volume two. Um, it's basically like you just said. You know it's dealing with the aftermath of what just happened with everything with his dad and then the fallout with his mom and everything like that. Um, I'm trying to remember who was introduced in these because um, I know all the characters now, but I'm trying to remember when they were pushed in. Uh, I'm looking at the first issue right now, uh, and I do see the teen team with, uh, Black Samson, and then the other black dude, and the guy with the glasses, and, and Monster Girl. I think this may be where Monster Girl took the I prominence. think that's Guardians of the Globe. It, it, it could be. It could be now, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think this is when, like, Robot kind of takes over Guardians of the Globe. Uh, I'm almost positive that's what happened in this one. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, because it was the after, yeah. Now, now it's coming to me now because I remember it's the aftermath of Omni-Man and everything. So, um, basically, Omni-Man was the, I think Omni-Man was the leader of Guardians of the Globe beforehand. I'm pretty sure he was. Was he freelancing? Well, one of, you know, one of those guys was. And then, um, you know, after all that, they, they took Robot and, uh, and they're having him become the Guardians of the Globe leader and putting together the team with that route. So that's kind of what's happening with that. And, you know, in these, in these books, there's about 85 subplots going on, so it's really yeah. hard to remember, you know, what's going on with that. Uh, even Robert Kirkman in one of the issues talks about that, how he's got so many different subplots and different stories going on at the same time. So it is a little, uh, difficult that route, you know, trying to remember it at least. Right. Because, um, what's always been very interesting about this book is what the average comic book would have as his A plot is normally like the C plot in this book. Even when crazy shit happens, yep. it's not about the crazy event that's happening, it's about how it affects Mark, and then it's about 
other shit that's happening at the same time. Yep. Yeah, there's, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I've never read a comic book, even even a novel. Like, I, I read a lot of just regular novels, not comic books. You know, comic books that I started reading with you. Um, I've never read one that has kept my attention like this. There is always something happening. There's always something going. It's never boring. It's always got something going on, and it's always interesting. Every single story is interesting. Every single villain, every single plot, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it keeps you hooked. Like, this is one of the greatest stories I think I've ever read. Comic book or not. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, and I'm also going through, like, the uh, volume right now. And this is when we introduce Armstrong... Levi, I believe his name is. Who? Okay, so Levi Armstrong is in Yes. Or Levi, who, yep. Who is the, in the first half of the entire story, I would say, he's probably the main superhero, I mean, the main villain antagonist besides, in like the B and C plots. Who, and his story becomes the A plot several times, but he's always like in the background for the first half. As, no, as a matter of fact, yep. even in the back half of the series, he, he comes back, like he's at, like, he's at a recurring character. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's more to him coming too. I, I just have a feeling he's not done. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of like page here or there, and then he's the main story. Yep, exactly, exactly. Which you know, you're trying to figure out like what is this guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And uh, you know, it's just kind of an interesting story with him because I didn't. That's this this. These books will just like plop people in there, and you're like, "What the hell's going on? <laughs> Who is this yeah. guy?" Like I may have said uh, last episode, I, I kind of equate that aspect of it to the wire because the wire, uh, they always said that every character who had a speaking role had an important impact on the show somehow. And it's like every character in mm-hmm. this book who has a speaking role, or if they have a page that talks all about them, at some point they're going to become a main plot. Yeah, people like. They'll have a page of a villain that'll pop in, like that robot, the Reanimin. I think it's what they're called. Uh, but like they had like a page, and then he disappears, and you're like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> you have no idea what just happened. But then he turns out to be like a main part of it. So it's it's yeah, they do a lot of stuff like that. Thanks. Uh, and now he's fighting some guy who's super buff and has like green, I mean, has blue and red veins in his forehead and shit. And does this dude have four hammer? See, that might have been one of those that, like, he was there for a page. Right. Oh, also, I- I'm not sure if I told you this last time either, but uh, Mark's principal in high school is based off of uh, 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 Captain Winslow from Family Matters. And I, I think his-, his name is Winslow, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, but he's based principal off Winslow. Of yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. They do a lot of stuff like that. They get, like, I, I think in one of the episode, or episode issues that I'm um, reading right now, I'm pretty sure I saw a Pikachu t-shirt. Oh, on yeah. One of the kids. <laughs> like, they do a lot of stuff like that. I almost guarantee. Also, what's cool is, I'm not sure if I told you this before, but um, and at least in the first part of the uh, whole storyline, every, well, in the first part of the book, well, probably the first two-thirds, as a matter of fact, every story arc is named after a sitcom. Like, Eight is Enough, Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World. Because I think one oh, of... Oh, okay. I think the one where he, Mark goes to college is called Boy Meets World. Matter of fact, 
that, I think you're right. Yeah, because yeah, because those are the those are the volume collections that they made yep. that exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think fact, I saw that when I was looking this up. Yeah, because I have the compendium right in front of me, like that has the entire third act of the storyline. Uh, volume one. Well, and I think you've probably got you're probably looking at three of the small volumes or one of the ultimate collections, probably. But volume one is Family Matters. Volume two is Eight is Enough. Volume three is Perfect Strangers. Four is Head, head of the Class. Then Facts of Life, A Different World, Three's Company, My Favorite Master, <laughs> Alice Brazil, Who's the Boss, Happy Days, Still Standing, and Still Standing is a deep cuts. That's deep cuts. Yeah, I mean, they, he keeps it like that where it's kind of, you know, there's, there's lightheartedness in it. Yep. But then there's some like really deep stuff in there. I think, I think in this one, in this volume, I think this is the one where him and Amber, uh, which is his girlfriend right now, right. he actually tells her that he's a superhero. I think it's, that's in one of these. Yes, uh, that was the free comic book day issue, which was a brand new comic book. You're right. Drawn yep. freshly, but it's a, it's a very almost verbatim recap of the entire series up to that point. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And he's, that's when he kind of tells her, uh, what, what's going on because he keeps ditching her and she's obviously freaking out a little bit about it. Uh, her friend in college thinks he's dealing drugs. So. <laughs> Uh, and doesn't he fuck her at the end of that one, too? At the end of the Zero issue, yep. Now, yep. what's cool about that is it could be because this book is from Image, not like a, uh, a corporately held combo company. Robin had a similar storyline in his book, but he he didn't fuck his girlfriend because, oh, I'm nice and wholesome. I don't want to fuck my girlfriend because I will wait till marriage, but not in this one. I gotta get that nut. <laughs> he, got, he got all he got all of them guts. In them guts. Moving them around. Invincible you know, as a superhero, I wonder you'd have to like you have to take it easy. Can't pump too hard. <laughs> you you know, I feel like you'd 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 crush her. He literally beat the pussy up until the... she died. Villains, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to the death. Like, I told her <laughs> she gonna take this dick. I told her. <laughs> he got. He had to get consent. She had yeah. to write that shit down. Oh, also in this volume is the is the introduction of one of the most fast characters who has a recurring uh, plot. The guy who was an uh, Russ Livingston, who was the Martian who turned to yep. the, the fucking astronaut guy. That shapeshifter. Yeah, he's trash. He's Completely. Oh, you didn't like that? <laughs> he popped up a lot. I didn't think he was that bad. Not a fan. Yeah, the, so the Martian that actually comes back, it actually joins the Guardians of the Globe. Yes, and like he is a recurring character for probably the, I think he pops up in the third act too, so yes, like he comes back a lot. So, uh, Kirkman and Ryan Otley have to be committed for the amount of characters that they created. So what do you? No, uh, I'm saying like I can't think of any other book that has so many new characters in every issue. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they do. Like random characters. You're like, is this even an important guy? But they also have made some of the, like the coolest characters I've ever seen. Like Alan the Alien is one of my favorite characters. Yep. 
but he's only in like a couple issues. But he's one of my favorite characters for sure. He and, and he's a major character because I would say the three most important people in regards to the uh, the Ultramite storyline who, who are which is the main story really. Yes, yep. Who 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 aren't completely bad guys are uh well this well I'll say four. So pretty soon I think in issue twenty five maybe you meet the person who who's leading the uh the uh, the uh, of mine. Yeah, because at the point you've actually ran so far, Nolan isn't completely bad anymore. Still isn't. No, not really. Okay. okay well, oh, the point that I've read. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. Not completely bad at least. So the three most Struggle important. With it. Yeah. Three most important people, well, four, are the new leader of the Vulture Mice, which I think has, like, the handlebar mustache. No, he's had, like, a, a big-ass mustache, too. But, uh, him, uh, Nolan, Mark, and Alan are three of the four most important people, probably, in the book. Because Alan, like, this is... Well, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Uh, also, in this one, we have the introduction of my boy, uh, Battle Beast. Oh, it wasn't Volume 2. That's why I was just going to ask you if he was Volume 2 or Volume 3, but yeah, it was Volume 2, and that is one of the coolest characters I think I've ever seen. Yeah, like, his fucking design is... He's only in it for, like... Yeah, the design is amazing. He's only in it for, like, maybe three, four pages. Yeah, because, uh, what's going on in the part I'm looking at, uh, Mark is helping a black dude who can put a rock on his body, uh, fights... Yep. A mob boss who is like fucking Black Mask, essentially. And Battle Beast is one of his goons and all. Yeah, so that hasn't come back up yet, I don't think. But basically that, that a black dude was like, uh, he was like working for the mob or whatever. Invincible finds him and he pretends he's not really like that bad of a guy. He needs help getting rid of the mob boss. So that's when they have that battle. And uh, Battle Beast is there and basically fucking kills like, three people and puts one in a coma and then is super pissed that he had to fight those guys because they're so weak. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, one of the best parts. And then, uh, and that's when you see like the turn of that, that guy. He was actually doing it to get rid of that boss so he could take over. But I don't think anything's happened with that so far afterwards. That's a good storyline. Oh, it's a great storyline. Yeah. Also, I've seen the part where Eve leaves and decides to stop being a, a costume hero, and then she goes to yep. Africa. So like that's pretty big plot plot point because you that, see that's a big plot point. Yep. Because you see, like, kind of that Mark has feelings for her, but at the same time, like he does love his girlfriend. Amber. Yep. Yep. So he's with Amber right now, who's just kind of like a normal girl in college that he met in high school. Uh, she really didn't have any idea that he was a superhero until. He told her in that Zero issue. Um, and then Eve was always with Rex Splode. Mm-hmm. So they've always been kind of opposite. Like, one was with somebody, and then one, was, one wasn't, but somebody was always together with somebody else, so they haven't really had that chance. So Eve decides she doesn't want to be a superhero anymore and heads over to Africa to... Because she can, like... Uh, basically, she can manipulate molecules to make them to anything she wants. So she take leaves and turn them into coffee or something like that. Um, so she's going to Africa to help, you know, build communities and stuff there. This is actually a pretty cool storyline that she's got. Yeah. I actually like that character a lot too. 
Yes, he's one Rex of the Lode best characters. Okay. He's kind of... Yeah, he's, Rex Lode is okay. Ah. He's that love triangle kind of asshole guy that the chick likes. Yep. So, like, he, he, he just plays that role. But also, in yeah. port, a very important plot point that I just uh, came upon, is this where we find out the robot is controlling robots remotely, and we see that he's just like a, a, like a little dwarf-looking... He's Crane from Ninja Turtles? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's, he's the brain from Ninja Turtles? <laughs> That's exactly what he is. Yeah. It's, like, identical to what it is. He looks like this little mutant, like, pus ball. It's gross. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a major plot point, too. A major plot yep. point. Which was another one of the subplots. Basically, he's he's like a little brain that's controlling the robot. The robot wasn't actually a superhero. It was actually him who was controlling him the whole time. He's got a bunch of different versions of that robot that he controls. So that was a big reveal, too, actually. So there was a bunch of big reveals in this volume. Yes. A whole bunch of plot points that are going to be, uh, basically, the set up the entire series. Because uh, in the first volume, the only thing that was a, a plot point that, that kind of sets things up was, like you said last time, that's when we find out that Mark is half alien, that his dad is still alien. That is really a, a hero, that he's just there, the scout, to take over the world. But yeah, so that two, was, you're right, Volume 1 only had the one big reveal. That was pretty much it. Volume 2 was full of reveals, man. There was a ton of stuff going on in that one. Yeah, because like, uh, yeah, now I'm at issue 0, although he tells Amber. Uh, and, yep, and then they fuck. Yep. Then they, uh, they go to, they fade to black. Mm-hmm. Fade to black in that one. Right, right. Well, I like how like, some draws. I like I got a page of black and there's a little um you know piece in there where he's like this is a this is a family <laughs> family comic we're not gonna show it and I'm like bro I just saw a tiger like <laughs> people in half the blood everybody guts hanging out and stuff like they put two people in comas right we can't show sex. <laughs> That's where we draw the line, goddamn. This is America. We're fine with violence, but we're not fine with sex. It's <laughs> exactly what that was. Like, you can't show that, but you just, I just saw a tiger, like, lick blood and, like, was really pissed that it, they wasn't stronger. <laughs> People's whole heads just fucking exploded. <laughs> um, uh, Omni-Man karate chopped the dude in half. Yes. This is also, I think, the first uh, volume that has an issue that's all subplot. Because like, there's like an Alan, alien subplot issue in here. It's all fucking captured boxes that I probably didn't get to. Because if something's all captured boxes, it's very hard for me to read. Oh, really? Yeah. I love them. If they're big-ass captured boxes, I'm like, come on, bro. This is I could read the whole story about him. And... And I kind of did on issue, I think it was issue 24. And then in the back of the volume here, they have like the origins for all the heroes. Yeah, because, uh, like. Ooh, that was actually a lot of, that was actually pretty cool to read, too. Because that's we find out about Monster Girl, who has one of the most interesting origins in superpowers I've ever seen. Yep. She's a crazy character, man. Like, just a wild story. Just everything she does is weird. And she's probably the first kind of trans 
gender superhero I can think of. I don't think they've, they haven't shown anything. You've told me about that, but they haven't shown anything like that so far. But in her monster form, she looks like a male already, right? Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. I didn't really notice that. I mean, it was more like, I, I was thinking, what was I thinking with her? She's, right now, she, she's, the origin story was her, and she's actually older. She's like, I want to say she's actually in like her 20s, but she looks like she's 15, maybe? Yeah, because, uh, I think it's every time that she turns into the monster, she, when she reverts back to her human form, she's younger, right? Yeah, she, she, like a little by little, yeah, for sure. So every time she makes that turn, the monster becomes stronger, actually. So the monster gets stronger every time she turns. And, but then when she turns back, she gets younger. That's right. Um, and that's one of the subplots with Robot, too, trying to figure that out, trying to stop that aging process. Perfect, yeah. I was going to bring that up, because that brings those two closer together, because he's also trying to, is he trying to use her her DNA, like, her DNA, like, to fix himself, too, or, or something like that? No, he, he used Rex Flotes. Okay, so that did happen. And volume what? Three or four? Yep. Three? Not in four. It, it might have been two. It was either two or three. Okay. Now, this may be going a little bit, um above volume two, but I'm just curious. So okay. what so so what happened with him and Rex? So basically he takes like a DNA sample from Rex and uh and that's what he uses to create the body for himself. Uh you know what that was volume three. That had to be volume three. Yep, okay. Yep. Now that's coming back to because the molar twins the molar twins help him with that. Yeah, because like the the Mulder twins, they're evil, but they're also geniuses, and they tend to help all the good guys pretty often if it's something scientific. Yep. Yep, whatever it's like a science thing, they're just like, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> but they, I mean, it's always like, we're going to send you to jail if you don't do this. And like, all right, whatever, I'll just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah, so they help them out with that. They basically create like a, uh, like a 15-year-old body of Rexplode for him to go into. Do you know why they chose that age? Oh, I, I think I, I know why they chose why uh, that age was chosen. Wasn't it to, well, I'm pretty sure Robot, he, no, yeah, he, he, I think he says that. He said, well, I chose this body for Monster Girl, basically. Yes, yep, yep. To, to basically have, like, a comfortable, I don't even know what to, what to call it, like a comfortable body for her to be with. Oh, so are they fucking already? Not yet, no. I mean, that's obviously coming, but I think it was more like everybody else is an adult, and he chose, like, a body that would be similar to her body's age, I guess. To get her, uh, So it wouldn't look so weird when... He fucked her, yeah, but then he... But I think on the surface, he probably told her, so she'll have someone that she can relate to. Relate to, yeah. But... He's trying to get in them guts. That's what it really is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Which is weird. Yeah, I mean, but... I don't know. She's yeah. like 20-something. She's like 50. No, it's definitely weird. How old is he, though? I mean, he's that little weird 
Usball, he's got to be old. Like he's got to be. I think he's he's probably in twenty thirties. Yeah, so he may actually be like he's got to be older. So he took over the body. Yeah, but uh, the romance between Monster Girl and and Robot is one of the most compelling things of the entire series. And, I know, uh, and they only they did just keep like. They just keep like uh, jabbing at it. They don't do much with it. It's like throughout the volumes, it's only like here and there, and you're like, okay, you know it's coming, but they just there's so many other things going on. But that's the beauty of having a solid team on a book to where they know that they are get they aren't getting canceled because at this point, the book is doing good, so like they can take their time. So he, he can yep. te- tease this shit as much as he want to, and, and, and let stories happen naturally because on mainstream comic books, the, the chances. Chances of you having like the, the same team on a book for more than maybe a year is pretty rare. So like they'll tell like a year long storyline. But this is basically like comic books were in the nineties, where it's like a a, ser- a, ser- a serialization of the character's life to where they aren't really like six parts. Because all right, the average superhero comic book now from Marvel and or DC. They have six issue story arcs, so there's two storylines a year. Back in the day, you'll maybe have a two parter or a four parter, but there's always that connective tissue called the subplots. That's how this book is structured, like a '90s comic book or an '80s comic book. So yeah, so that's how he can take his time with all all, all his plot lines, and that makes it more enriching, and that makes it some people care about the characters more. Um, for sure. But I'll, I'll say that, though, like I said earlier, though, even though they're taking their time with that and they just tease all that stuff, it's never dull. There's no. always something happening. So there's always something to keep you interested. So it's not like it's not like dragged out. It's not, you know, we're not I'm talking about Dragon Ball Z episodes here. Right. You know, it's not dragged out. Like, hey, you know, there's, there's <laughs> eight episodes later, he fired a ball. <laughs> like, that's what that like, <laughs> That shit was crazy, bro. That's just so goddamn crazy. Um, but... In, yeah. in this, it keeps it going. Trying to keep moving. So I, I, that's one of my favorite parts about this. And that's because there's just so much going on that even if it's a mundane nine super superhero part, it's so riveting. And then if you do get bored, you turn the page, there's something else going on. And For sure. Volume 2 sets up a lot of shit. Especially, well, the Monster Girl and Robot happened in Volume 3 from what you're saying. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a volume three one. Yep. But see what's going on with Robot already. Uh, that because Robot is, is probably one of the most important characters from the Teen Team and Guardians of the Globe. He's one of the most important characters in the whole book. And his his character arc is riveting. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you, for sure. But you ain't seen Most. shit yet, bro. You ain't seen shit yet. Like fucking robot, his shit's so fucking crazy, man. And um, one spoiler that I'll put in here for you, and then I think I told you before, but or like I say, like on the air too. Uh, what I said about Monster Girl that's so riveting is that when she changes to to her monster form, she has a dick and she has similar fluid, and she gets a woman pregnant, and that woman has a baby. Yeah, they haven't showed anything like that yet. But I think you've told me that, and I'm like, yeah. 
I'm like, this is wild, man. <laughs> There's some wild shit that got fucking going on. Wild. <laughs> fucking wild. Fucking wild as fuck, bro. Um, uh, but, so, just speaking of on volume one and two, what was obviously the introduction of the characters in, in the premise, but uh, did you favor one volume over the other yet with one and two? Um, dude, they're both so good. Like, there's, I, I have a hard time even finding something wrong with it. With either one. It's that good of a story. I, I mean, I, I like volume two a lot, but that's because, just because it's, you know, volume one, there's a lot of story. You know, they're trying to create a world and everything. Like, volume two, I mean, like, volume two did have uh, the battle cat, so, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat. Yeah. That guy's fucking incredible. And, uh, and volume two probably wouldn't have been as good if not for volume one, doing all of, like, the... Oh, for sure, yeah. The, uh, heavy lifting. Um, and I think it's volume four that you've got now, because, uh, for those of you in the audience who may not know, um, so you have up to volume ten, I believe, and then the rest is, is in the compendium. Uh, but in volume four, mm-hmm. I think that's when he changes like his costume for the first time. I don't think so. I'm almost at the end of volume four. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, volume five, because I know one one of the covers has like a new costume on it. I think it's volume five. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, but uh, oh, one you know one subplot we forgot to talk about in volume two was uh, his mom. Oh, yeah. Um, so his mom's going through a bunch of shit. Obviously, she, you know, Omni-Man is basically like, yeah, I don't care about her at all. She is trash. Trash person. And uh, so she kind of, he's kind of dealing with that, trying to go to school. And then, so they have all this superhero stuff, and then they have, like, the regular human stuff, where he's trying to go to school, and his mom's, like, an alcoholic now, and she just oh, yes. basically, like, lays on the couch crying and drinking the entire time. So they, they have that human aspect in it, too. So it's pretty... You know, they got different superhero stories, different villains all the time, but they also have that human where he's just trying to go to school and his mom is obviously super fucked up because anybody would be going through that situation. Exactly. Her husband of probably at least 18 years told her that she's nothing but a cum dump form. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out, is that real or what? What's going on with that? Then, as we'll see in, in further volumes, volume three, which we'll talk about next episode, that one also, in every volume like this, some crazy shit that happens, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. There's crazy shit every single time. Because <laughs> volume three also flips the fucking script uh, on a way that I, luckily, the, the big flip of volume three, I hadn't heard about. I had heard of how good this book was, but when I started buying like the, uh, these volumes, I hadn't heard about the, the crazy flip on volume three. Which we'll talk about. Yeah, volume three's got some crazy shit in there too. Which we'll talk about, uh, next month on that episode. Um, but we're already, we're probably at a good place to, uh, finish up because we just talked, because we just had a hint about a volume three, which is going to come out next month. Um, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah, probably. I think we covered everything in volume two. Trying to think if there's anything. Tell me you don't have it in front of you, but I think right. you were going through. 
Sounded like at least. Yeah. We had everything. The only thing I kind of missed was when kind of on what we're just talking about. His mom actually blames him for making like uh, for Nolan leaves. He says, why did he have to fight on Mark? Why did he have to drive him away? He, he starts to cry because he's a caring guy. He he isn't mm-hmm. a macho man. That's he, a human aspect in him. Yeah. No. Because he, he cries probably a hundred times in this damn book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. But that's just like the human part of him, which is actually kind of Compelling in a way, I would say. I agree. It makes him like a really good character, and like he's because he's probably the most powerful character on on the planet right now. Cause like his dad's gone, but but at this point, he might be getting close to being more powerful than his dad already. But yeah, was still, was the Armstrong was Armstrong the. In volume two, uh, Armstrong is introduced in volume two. In volume three, that's yeah, the two biggest storylines on volume three are when he actually comes face to face with Armstrong. Okay, it seems like it's kind of rush that he went through all this shit to fuck up Mark's life when yes, I don't think that they even met yet in volume two. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's it's rough. That's a volume three thing. So we'll we'll go through that on the next episode, but. Um, I just wanted to make sure we didn't miss that part. Oh, no. I thought maybe he had that plot had finished in volume two. Yeah, the, the, the two biggest plot points of volume two, well, sorry, three, are what happens with uh, the Bills for Mice, we'll say, and the Armstrong yep. Levy part. But in volume two, okay. one other part that I'll bring up is uh, if people remember last episode, I was saying that the Aquaman fish character comes back and I and I couldn't remember how then you said I don't know how he comes back because he dies and volume two it does come back it does I don't remember that or like a woman that's uh from the same race oh the fish woman yeah 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 well that guy that that guy doesn't come back but yeah they do bring back that story which is a fucking weird ass story like they just do like weird stories. Like I'm, like, I'm not even sure how that relates to anything that's happening. A fucking non secular. Yeah, because, basically, like, there's like a fish woman that takes over, and want they want Mark to marry him because in that culture, anytime somebody defeats something stronger, um, they marry the princess. I guess just a fucking weird fish lady. Yeah, and then she got ass naked for him in front of everybody, in front of God. Bro, you know how weird it is. <laughs> it's so weird to look at like a page where like this girl's in a bikini all like butt naked and shit and then she's got a fish face <laughs> it's <just fucking> weird <laughs> it's like weird shit like you know how weird that would have been drawing that like that would have been like such a weird uh, as the artist like drawing that like, it, the guy's probably describing to him like yeah make her super hot and then just put a fish head on it fish head on it put a fish face right on it it's better be hot too like it. She better right. be hot, though. Uh, redo page 12. I told you in the script, you had to be super hot. But with a fish head. You look like a fish. We, we need a hot body. <laughs> we need a hot fish human head. body with a fish head. <laughs> and some, and some big old titties and chest meats. <laughs> like, Rob, I, I don't feel comfortable drawing this shit. Hey, boy, I'm paying these goddamn money, ain't I? <laughs> now make that fish woman hot, goddamn it. 
eight nines and dimes only. <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing to draw. You can fucking tell that you're having so much fun writing this damn book. You know what? Ah, let's do some weird shit this issue. Because he's yeah, I mean that you get to, that's what they do though. Like all of a sudden there'd be an issue. You're like, where the fuck did this plot come from? <laughs> but it's always interesting. Even his filler plots that are obviously like this filler is you can tell it is him having fun. Yeah. But that keeps it interesting and keeps it fun for the reader too though. Yeah. Oh, uh and we'll end on this note. You were doing like research on his uh on his property and you said that you're pretty certain that Amazon has bought the rights to make some made this into like a cartoon, right? Yeah, so I I tried to find the article again. I'm pretty sure it was either 2018, 2019, the article dated. So hopefully it's still happening. But they said they were supposed to have an invincible cartoon, like an adult animation now, obviously, because there's a lot of adult themes in this, um, that would come out on Amazon in 2020. Whether the shit that's happening right now is affecting that or not, I don't know. But that was just something that I had read, and I'm hoping that they actually do. I mean, I would prefer, like, a, you know, the boys style. You know, live action and shit like that, but I'll take what I can. If the story's that good, it yeah. should be adopted for sure. Uh, live action couldn't, I, I think, handle what it It'd be pretty action. tough. It'd be very tough. Yeah, it would definitely be tough. The cartoon, now, uh, real quick, do you know of any Amazon Prime animation? I don't think so. Yeah, so like, we don't have. I'm like trying to think of any that are. I can't think of any shows that are out for Amazon Prime like that. Yeah, so we don't have like a precedent to see what the art style and, and what the quality of, of animation could be like, which is unfortunate. That's right? true. Jeff Bezos has a lot of fucking money, and if he puts some money behind this shit, it could be a very high quality uh, animated series like. For example, Netflix has a lot of original adult themed animated series that are actually pretty fucking yeah. good. Oh yeah, for sure. Amazon can do it too. There's yeah. a lot of Amazon originals, even just regular shows, Amazon original shows that are actually really good too. So hopefully they got something going with that. But I, I didn't check like you know how reliable that source was or anything. I just right. had Googled it and saw that article, so I may do like some research on that myself, and then like we'll talk about that uh, next episode. Because we should probably try to have like a little news segment in there too, uh, until we finish this shit. Um, one last note, and then I'll let you go back. Uh, did I ever show you um the invincible action figures? No, I don't think you did. Because uh, you have some. No, I I, I don't have them, but. But like, I'll send you like a um, link to them. So like, there's two versions of it. Like, there's a clean version and then a bloody version. And I, I'm not a huge action figure guy. Like, I have little collectibles and shit. I have a lot of fucking statues. But I don't. The only action figure I have is my Moon Knight. But I'm oh, yeah. very tempted yep. to buy that bloody invincible because it, it's fucking. Oh cool. man, it's that good though. I would buy anything with invincible on it to be honest. Yeah. If we ever, I'm, only, I'm not even halfway through the thing. Right. 
if we ever get to, if we ever get to go to Comic Con this year, excuse me, because that got canceled. I got my tickets, damn it. Well, you'll be getting your money back in seven to ten business days. So who said that? Wait. Uh, they announced it on Twitter yesterday. That shit is, uh, it's at least postponed, but probably canceled this year. Oh, but they, they're giving my money back? Everyone is, I want my money! <laughs> I want my money now! <laughs> but yeah, that is canceled. I, I got, I, people owe me money from, from all these different things that I bought tickets for already. I want my money! <laughs> the whole world owes me money! And Trump owes me my money too! <laughs> Trump owes me money too! I want all my money! Oh, my throat, honey! <laughs> um, but okay, so we can go ahead and finish this up. Shut up! Uh, Guys, next week we don't see you. That was good. We'll be back next week. Bye. Three after the kitchen. Um, we're out.